following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. We're beginning a new series, and um, it's important that we understand. We're talking about what we believe. Uh, I heard this quote uh, recently, and I grabbed it, and I don't know who to attribute it to. I'll just tell you it did not originate with me, but it really is this. You cannot help build for the future if you do not know what foundations have been laid in the past. And so... Uh, as I get opportunity to preach, could we put our vision statement up there, please? As I get opportunity to preach, I'll probably pull from our vision statement, which the Lord gave me, I don't even know how many years ago. Um, and I'll probably pull on the years that I had the privilege of laying foundation here and am still laying foundation, by the way. Um, so I'll probably pull on that. But I just want to, uh, but you'll see toward the end it says, uh, equip and mobilize believers to be fruitful members in God's kingdom, offering opportunities to serve in our church, our communities, and the nations. Some of these opportunities that I just listed, they're opportunities to be mobilized in the community, in the surrounding area. And I know many of you serve in other areas as well. But I want to focus this morning on the first few words. We purpose to be a Christ-centered community of people. We are a charismatic church. Remember, we're preaching under the umbrella this morning of We Believe. We are a charismatic church. We are a spirit-filled church. You could say, if you want to say, we're a Pentecostal church. I don't really care how you say it, but I will say this, the central figure of our focus is not the Holy Spirit. And it's important that we understand that. Many Pentecostal, many charismatic churches in years past, not so much anymore because I believe we've grown up, but the focus became the Holy Spirit. Some of you might be wiggling in your seat peace. <laughs> Don't misunderstand me. The Holy Spirit is very important. But it is by God's design that the central figure of the gospel of Jesus Christ is Jesus Christ himself. And it does not matter how long you've walked with God, we can never get off of that place of being centered on him. We are a Christ-centered community of people, first and foremost. And I do not apologize for preaching Jesus Christ. I do not apologize for preaching that you and I must be centered and he must be the focal point of our walk. Because he must. It's so scriptural, Colossians, and see, this is very real to me. This is a part of the vision because I had an encounter with God within the first two months that I was saved that changed my life, that made me understand Jesus Christ is central, and that's the way the Father likes it. I was a new believer. I, if the house, it was a mobile home I lived in at the time, it's gone. But if it was there, I could take you right to the place, to the chair I was sitting in. How many of you ever noticed when you have spiritual encounters with God, they never leave 
your memory because they've been ingrained because they did not come by emotion. They came by the spirit and they're impregnated and implanted in your mind. I could take you to where I was sitting and I was processing with God and I was beating myself up because everything that I wanted to be, I could not be. I could, my language was still a mess. My attitude was still a mess. My anger was still a problem. There was all kinds of things that were a problem. And then I was reading in the scripture and I came to Colossians 1.19 and the presence of God filled the room. I began to weep. Oh, I can remember it as if it was yesterday. Colossians 1.19 And it pleased the Father that in Jesus Christ all fullness should dwell. And all of a sudden, I saw it. Oh my gosh. I've been so self-focused that I haven't focused on Him. He is our focus. He, and and th there's probably people here this morning who are wrestling with holiness. Can I encourage you to quit focusing on yourself? Can I encourage you to quit fo focusing on holiness for holiness sake? And can I encourage you to focus on the one who is holy? In fact, that's the exhortation of the scripture. Be holy even as he is holy. Well, how do you get holy even as he is holy? By making your focus so much him that over time, and yes, it takes time, and God is not done with me yet. If you don't believe me, ask my wife. But over time, with a focus on the centrality of Jesus Christ, his holiness over time becomes more and more my holiness. And some of those things that I wrestled with, they just fell off. And I don't even know how or when or where, but I've changed. You've heard me say for years, if you're the same person this year that you were last year, you're not growing and the reason I can say that is because of focus on the centrality of my Savior. See, I'm, I wasn't just saved 40 plus years ago. I'm still being saved. And I will be saved in the future. I'm, I'm, I'm in constant need of my Savior. And I'm in constant need of focusing on Him. Scripture talked about Him all the way through. In the Old Testament and the New. In the Old Testament, Christ was concealed. In the New Testament, He is revealed. In the Old Testament, Christ was contained. In the, Old or in the New Testament, He's explained. It's all about Jesus. It was all about types and shadows of Jesus. I want you to turn in your Bibles with me, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. If you feel like I'm going fast, it's because we're... Limited time. But we've been having fun being family. The Apostle Paul writing, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, the first four verses. Oh, that you would bear with me a little folly, and indeed, you do bear with me. For I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he 
who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. The concern of the Apostle Paul as he writes is, by the way, he's writing this from prison. The concern of the Apostle Paul as he writes this is that they might be swayed away from the simplicity that is in Jesus Christ. And he uses the analogy of the serpent deceiving Eve. Do you know that there's the, the whole argument... How'd that get up there? The whole argument that the serpent used for Eve was knowledge and wisdom. You'll be like God and know good from evil. When Eve saw that the fruit of the forbidden tree was good and that it would give her wisdom, she ate and gave to her husband to eat. We need to be careful in this day we're living in a day maybe more uh, true now than when Paul wrote it in Romans chapter 1, verse 22. We're living in a day when people are professing to be wise and are becoming fools, in case you haven't noticed. We're living in days of tremendous enlightenment. <laughs> then why is there so much darkness and dark thinking and stupid thinking? I mean, just common sense. And I'm, I'd love to give you examples, but you could think of many of your own. And we're living in that day. And see, the danger is, is to want to always follow, even, even in the church, even, even um, in our walk with God, we want to know, we want to know, we want to know, we want to know. If you want to know, get to know Him. If you want to know, get to know the one who does know. And He'll tell you. But He might make you wait a while so that you'll spend time getting to know Him. Before He can release to you His secrets. And there's such a desire, as there was in the day of Adam and Eve, there is such a desire in us to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I want to know, I want to know, I want to know all these things. What is it? What does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? I'll tell you what it means. It means Jesus. Sooner or later, it's going to bring you back to Jesus. What came first? The chicken or the egg? Well, the scripture says Jesus did. He was before all creation. Well, I'm glad we got that settled. <laughs> and we do need to have a confidence, and we need to, yes, we do need to know, but we need to know first and foremost Him, the one who does know. This, the verse 3 goes on to say, Your mind's corrupted from the simplicity. Do you remember when Jesus taught the parable of the seed and the sower? 
He made it very clear that the word of God is the seed, but it's not sown into the mind. It's sown into the heart. Even here this morning, I'm not speaking to your head. I want to speak to your heart. And many times we want to try to understand him instead of just believe in him and just get to know him and just get to trust him. With a, if I could take just a little bit of uh, liberty with the scripture, what I believe the Apostle Paul was really saying when he takes the readers all the way back to the garden is he's, he's saying, I'm, I'm concerned that you're going to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil instead of the tree of life, which is Christ. It's really what he was saying because he's confronting. There's some new apostles that have come on the scene with a different gospel. And, and he goes on a little later and says, I'm sorry that I'm not an orator like they are. He says, I come to you with the simplicity of the gospel. And we need to be careful in our day. It's not about great sounding words. It's not about swelling things. It's not about smoke and mirrors. And it's not about flashing light. And it's not about laser shows. And it's, not a, it's about the simplicity of the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. And it always will be. You young people who are in the room, whether you're one of the graduates or you're in that age, can I encourage you, if I encourage you with anything else, learn how to dress yourself. Someone's thinking, oh no. My, my skirt is too short or my blouse is too low. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Learn how to clothe yourself with Christ. Learn how to put on Christ. Adults, we need to learn how to put on Christ. We need to learn how to every morning. And I've heard people say, well, I don't have to put on the armor of God because I never took it off. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> In case you don't know, it fell off while you were sleeping. Now, I'm being a little silly because we were getting too intense. Well, I was. <laughs> no, but we do need, we need to clothe ourselves. We need to be delivered in putting on Christ. And how do we do that but to focus on him? Renee, last week when she launched us into this series, said every time we preach about what we believe, we should then answer the question, how then shall we live? And I'll answer that in a minute. Actually, I won't answer it. The Apostle Paul will. But we need to clothe ourselves. Last week, Renee talked about the unity, and even here this morning, we're talking about unifying with other churches in the city to, to do events. The unifying factor in our involvement with other churches is Jesus Christ. And it is so simple. Uh, Colleen and I have the privilege of preaching and doing a service at the building that we live in. We have 20 to 25 people that come pretty regularly. 
And there, there are people there from all kinds of different churches. And I have purposed and I've told them and I remind them every year, you know, we had a break, of course, because we were gone, but also because of COVID. But I remind them, these services are going to be about one thing and one thing only. They're going to be about Jesus in one way or another. Why? Because I know that that will not divide us. Because of the person of Jesus Christ, it doesn't bother me one tiny bit that Joy chooses to go to another church. Do you know that while I was senior pastor here, my son John attended another youth group <laughs> instead of ours? Oh my God! And do you know that I encouraged him to? Why? Because Jesus was there as well as here. He went to that youth group because all his friends were there. And the kids that he jammed with in worship, in their music and all of that. that that's all. It wasn't an indictment against anybody. It was just an affirmation of Jesus. Christ is our unity. I want you to turn I want to make sure I finished every thought I want you to turn in your Bibles to Philippians the Apostle Paul writing this, how then, this is how then we must live uh, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12. This is the Apostle Paul writing from prison just before he dies. He's lived a seasoned life. He is a seasoned, mature man of God. And this is what he says. This is how we must live. This is why Jesus Christ is central. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Jesus Christ has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, everyone say mature. mature. This message I'm preaching this morning, whether you understand it or not, is a very mature message. It is a sign of maturity to come to the place to where you quit chasing everything and chase Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean we're not involved in other things. It doesn't mean we, we, we don't have a, a doctrinal load and all of that. But the reality is, at the center of it all is Jesus. Therefore, let as many as are mature have this mind. If anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless... 
to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by that same rule, let us, mind, be, let us be of the same mind. Do you know what he's saying? He's saying, listen, in your pursuit of Jesus, don't neglect to live in the uh, understanding and revelation that you already have. Whether we know it or not, we are salt and light. And we need to constantly be giving Jesus away to the best of our ability in ways that we can with an awareness that there's more. With an awareness that we're pressing into him to know him. Paul says just a little bit that I might know him. I can hear the cry in his voice. He's close. He, he knows he writes to Timothy and said, I'm just about done. <laughs> he had written to the Corinthians and said, I wish I was done <laughs> years earlier. But it is necessary for me to be here yet for a while. He's come to the place to realize that his time to be there for a while is about done. And he says, oh, that I might know him. The fellowship of his suffering, which he was experiencing, <laughs> and the power of his resurrection. I want to encourage you this morning in Christ. I want to encourage you in your relationship. We talk a lot here about honoring and contending for the presence of God. I want you to know that that presence first and foremost is Jesus. He is the mediator between God and us. The Holy Spirit comes and he delights in making Jesus known to you and I. That's his responsibility. There is no uh, uh, competition between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but the Father has purposed that Jesus is the central figure. The writer of Colossians in that same book that I quoted earlier, I believe it's in the third chapter, Paul again says, Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead. Jesus is the fullness of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in a bodily form. I don't know about you, but I need to relate to a bodily form. I need to relate to a God who understands what it's like to live in the limitations of this body. I need to live with the God and know, get to know a God who was tempted in all ways like you and I are tempted. And yet he was without sin. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.